Welcome back to The Pilgrim Soul, a podcast about the journey of faith in the world of today. I'm your host, Sophia. And I'm Juliana. And I'm Adriana. And this is our second season finale. We're so glad that you're joining us today as we wrap up this fall season and have a conversation provoked by some questions that our listeners have offered. It's kind of bittersweet to be finishing out this season. It's been a fun one. Yeah, totally. And we're almost at one year of the Pilgrim Souls existence. So It's true. Yeah. Another milestone, too. And we have a new member of the Pilgrim Soul family, <laughs> Baby Elena. Baby Elena. Yes, we're very excited. My soon-to-be goddaughter, so prayers for her are appreciated. Um, but yeah, thank you for joining us today. We're going to, funnily enough, most of the questions that our listeners have offered us were about CL, about communion and liberation, the ecclesial movement that the three of us belong to and which has informed our yeah, our approach to Christian faith and therefore also this podcast throughout the entire season. So we're going to have a chat about that. And then I thought we could also finish by having a conversation about Advent, because as we record, we're about to begin this new liturgical year. And so I'm eager to hear how both of you understand this season and how you're preparing to live preparation for Christmas. What do you think? That sounds wonderful. Maybe we can start with just a quick overview of who Father Giussani is and how he came to found the movement Communion and Liberation. Mm. Yeah, that's a great place to start because Father Giussani, he's the founder of Communion and Liberation, but he didn't conceive of it as like some grand project of his own. Um, The way that the story unfolds, you see really clearly that it was the Holy Spirit acting in his life. And that's exactly what CL is. It's a charism that was entrusted to Father Giussani by the Holy Spirit, by God, for the sake of the whole church. Mm -hmm. So in brief, and I'm really not going to do justice to this, so please go read about his life if you're interested. But in brief, the way that it unfolded was Father Giussani was a priest in Milan, had just finished his years in seminary in the middle of the 20th century, and was on a train coming back to the city when he overheard a group of young people talking about the faith in a way that made it very clear they thought it had nothing to do with their everyday lives, that it was just a dull set of dogmas Mm -hmm. that needed to be followed like rules and had nothing to do with their daily lives. And so he was full of anger and, and disappointment, of course, because this was so far from his own experience of the encounter with Christ, which unfolded in his years in seminary as a love story, as really being wooed by God and experiencing Christ as the answer to all of the desires of his own heart. And so it was in light of this encounter with these young people on the train that he experienced a call to ministry to be not a seminary professor, even though he was a brilliant scholar, um, but to leave that post and to begin teaching in a high school. Well, first just hearing confessions and ministering in a parish. But from there, he then asked to begin teaching in a high school because he felt the need to bring a different conception of Christianity to the young people of the Archdiocese of Milan. A conception of Christianity as an encounter with the person of Christ who is incarnate today, whose presence continues in the companionship of the church, whose grace is communicated through the sacraments for us to experience here and now 
the real presence and love of God, a God who is creating us in being and constitutes in the flesh the answer to all of the desires of our heart, our desire for truth and for justice and for beauty. So from his friendship with his students and their desire for Father Giustani to continue educating them in faith outside of the classroom, this turned into a life lived together, you know, Mm -hmm. where they would go on vacation together and have moments where they would share about political events or works of literature or sharing meals together. All of these moments of a friendship that then turned into a life. And as these high school students grew older, they wanted to continue living life together in this way. And so that's where the adult version of communion liberation that we're familiar with came from. It was his high school students who had just grown older, but it remains a reality in high school as well and now in middle schools. And I guess what comes out of this, and forgive me, I'm almost done. What comes out of this is just a vision of CL as an educational method, as a method of discovering the truth of Christianity as proposed by the Catholic Church and being educated to live that in its fullness. So it's always leading to a fuller participation Mm -hmm. in the life of the Mm -hmm. church. It's not something separate from that. What do you guys have to add to that? As I said, this is barely scratching the surface. So, I feel like we could take this a million different directions, but you can tell from what you were saying, and this was one of my primary reactions when I was reading the biography of Father Giussani, that the method, the movement, the charism, it arises from his experience. Mm-hmm. And you can see when you dig a little more deeply into the life of Father Giussani that the seeds of the movement and the seeds of this method were being sown by the Holy Spirit in his heart as early as when he was a young child. And it continues to make itself known, to show itself through every experience leading up to his death in the early 2000s. And I think in that way, the life of Father Giussani provides an example or a template of what we are trying to live by our participation Mm -hmm. in the movement every day because we too are trying to live the story of our lives, to be an active protagonist in the story of our lives and to take them seriously and to be aware of and engage with the presence of Christ in our own lives just as Father Giussani did. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much, Julie and Sophia. For me, being much newer to the movement than both of you have kind of like grown up in CL and your dad and mom now both participate in CL also, I was really introduced to it through both of you. And it was really through School of Community and reading Father Giussani within that context that the faith became even more alive for me and helped me to like develop a more attuned lens for the event of Christianity happening in my everyday life. And it became like Father Giussani always uses the word urgency. Mm. And I could too recognize the urgency of Christ's death and resurrection Mm. and the need for that to be known in a way that I was encountering it in my everyday life. I needed to see the truth of the sacraments in the world around me. And it couldn't just be this formal abstract place where I went to encounter God and like step outside of my world, but that the rest of my world made sense because of my frequenting the sacraments. And Father Giussani, I think, really helps integrate our lives that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a beautiful 
illustration, I think, of what exactly is the method of the movement, Mm -hmm. um, which is this work of personal verification, of comparing what the church says, ultimately what Jesus of Nazareth says, with the content of my life, the content of my work and my relationships and my experiences of beauty and my struggles and my suffering, my own needs, my basic experience. Like, what does this have to do with the idea that God created me and created the world according to a plan. And that plan involves redemption from sin. And that that plan was fulfilled in the coming of a savior who continues to be present in the church. Like, what does that have to do with my life? And the way that that becomes concrete in the movement is the educational method is through the school community that you mentioned, which is this weekly moment in which we come together having read and done personal work on a text, usually a short text by Father Giussani. And then we come together in this meeting. Sometimes it's a large group, sometimes small. And we talk about our experiences over the course of the week. And it's amazing how many sort of pivotal shifts in my life of faith or my life of studies or whatever it is came Mm -hmm. from examples of other people in ways that they shared. They perceived the mystery in their life in the most ordinary things. Simple things like how we react to a sleepless night or how my peers in college were struggling to prepare for finals or, you know, what does Christ have to do with that? The most basic and mundane details of everyday life. And as you said, like that discovery, that work gives such a sense of urgency and of zeal for life. Anyone who's Mm -hmm. watched any video of Father Giussani knows this is something that characterized him. Like he was a man so full of zeal you thought he was going to explode. I mean, it's just amazing. (laughs) But it's fatherly energy too. It just gave life to a people who constantly from their work on their own personal experience encounter Christ in a way that makes them missionaries, makes them go forth with, that's the origin of this podcast, is having so our eyes so full again and again of the coming of Christ in our lives that we want to see that in the world. We want to see that reflected in Mm -hmm. whatever it is, in social justice, in beauty, in having others encounter the gospel, in um, not as this sense of like, we possess this and we're going to give it to you, but as I want to see Christ come here too. I want to see that he is in fact the answer to our desires here and now um, and that nothing is off limits from that desire to seek his face. Yeah, that's exactly right. And when I'm thinking about the method of community and liberation that we are educated to in the school of community, this method, one aspect of the method that attracts me and that helps me stay faithful is that it reveals a love of my freedom Mm. and it teaches me to love the freedom of others. And what I mean by that is that the method that we engage in in school of community is that we are offered a proposal, a hypothesis by the church. The hypothesis being at its core that the word became flesh and becomes flesh in my life every single day. And then I'm asked to verify that hypothesis, as Sophia was explaining, with the concrete experiences of my life. And so I'm not being instructed in a, in a dogma or an ideology, which I would rail against, I would totally resist. But instead I'm being asked to use my own freedom to enter into relationship with God in the trust that 
uh, that verification, that process of verification, that engagement with the method will lead me to the ultimate truth, um, mm-hmm. the truth of, of relationship with him, his true concrete presence in my life, in the church, um, in the community. And yeah, that that emphasis on freedom and that true authentic love of freedom where, you know, nothing is off limits, uh, nothing causes scandal. That is what attracted me to the movement and that it's one of the gifts of the movement, one of the ways that the Holy Spirit is working through the movement in this world. Yeah, totally. For me, I can really sense that Father Giussani doesn't take any part of life for granted. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember the quote exactly, but he says something like, if you're doing any activity without contact with a mystery, it's not worth doing. Mm Mm-hmm. I really want to live my life like that, and I can recognize that I don't. And connecting myself and following CL and reading Father Giussani helps me to Mm -hmm. do that better. Because what I love about Father Giussani, and it strikes my heart, is so true, as either I live my life with awareness of the mystery, or it's nothing. And there's no kind of vague middle ground, and that's very apparent to me Mm -hmm. in my experience. And that I guess that's what I love about Father Giussani is he like articulated what was already happening inside of my heart and maybe at times I haven't even had words for. And he said it so clearly that it was kind of like an aha moment. Like, of course, this is this is what I've seen going on. I just didn't know that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So in light of discussing the method of CL and it, with the intent of making this more clear to our listeners, can you provide examples of these fruits that you're talking about of living the movement in your life, more concrete examples rooted in your experience. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can give one, one of the things that we do together, one of the common practices in the life of the movement is charitable work, which is basically going to volunteer together. And depending on what your school community does, it might be going to a nursing home. It might be volunteering with people who are experiencing homelessness, any kind of thing. And I have to say that it's been through going to charitable work with people in CL that my perspective on volunteering has shifted from this is something I should be doing Mm -hmm. because it's good to do. And because the passage in Matthew where Jesus talks to the sheep and the goats scares the hell out of me (laughs) to this is something that I need. Yeah. I need to go sing songs with these people with dementia because it's in sharing my life with them that I realize who I am. Mm -hmm. It's in seeing their need for beauty and joy and companionship that I recognize actually what my heart is made for. Mm -hmm. And I remember that there's an answer to it that's freely offered to me just as my time in that moment is freely offered to those people. And so, yeah, that doesn't mean that I always go on Saturdays like so full of zeal to sing Amazing Grace with the same old lady again. But it does mean that the fruits of it in my life while I'm there are joy and freedom. And after I leave are a greater love for Mm -hmm. myself and patience and appreciation of the opportunities we have to learn through one another that the mystery descends to meet us in our daily lives. That's very different from sort of the either anxious, I should be doing more or self-satisfied, I'm a great person that I left with before the education of the movement through charitable work. I love that example. I think my example in my own experience is just so ordinary, honestly, like just my everyday life. 
now as a mother who stays at home, is so tied to the house and very domestic and differs a lot than my previous life where I was in the Navy and then I was in the Master Divinity program and just studying theology every day. And I also had a lot more opportunity to be really concretely connected to the liturgical life of the church in the way that I wanted to be. Like I could Mm -hmm. go to daily mass and that's something that I like to do. And now I can go once a week with both kids and it's not usually the experience that I like wanted it to be, I guess. Um, And Father Dusani has really helped me to find Christ in those moments and offer him my poverty in that and even my own poverty like not in a beautiful way like the woman who offers all of herself in the one coin but like my poverty in like in more of a negative way like I can realize how much I lack and how impatient I am and Same. and to offer that and Father Giussani makes that even a beautiful offering mm-hmm. or it helps me to see that Christ sees that as a beautiful offering is probably a clear way of saying that And I think that is so helpful for me in my life right now that I just have to stay involved with CL because I need that to keep happening for me Mm -hmm. in this stage when a lot of the outside world constantly asks me when when am I going to go back to work or how many more kids do I want to have? And I don't want that to be my outlook right now. I don't want it to be future focused. I have this like precious season with my children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a beautiful example. And implicit in that, I think, is something really key. And as Julie was hinting at, not unique, but definitely a gift that is strongly present in the movement, which is a particular gaze on the circumstances of our life. Yeah. Looking for Christ's face means the circumstances that you're living now, now and in the flesh, like the very concrete today details of your life are the ways that the mystery makes himself present to you. And so whether in your case, Adriana, it's like Damien's temper tantrum or the tasks that you have around the house today or seeing Pia, you know, smile and begin to crawl and all these things, like that is the the matter, the substrate through which the mystery enters your life. And I need that education so much. This is why I stay is because Without the school of community every week reminding me of this, without reading Jusani and being reminded that this is how Christ comes to me, I would look for Christ in, you know, either empty ritual or joyful feelings in prayer only just these places that we tend to silo God. Mm -hmm. When the reality is like, if you love God and you want to see his face, you have, it's, unreasonable not to look for him in everything whether it's your colleagues at work or as julie you were saying like not being scandalized by your own sins and failings Mm -hmm. but the the thirst for christ dominates everything so that nothing is off limits and so this brings a unity and integrity to your life because the unifying principle is your search for christ in his face and so yeah i don't know where i would be without this but certainly i would not have the same sense of energy and zeal for my vocation in the difficult things and in the the moments that are less glamorous and in desolation and prayer and what a source of strength this gift is this realization adriana that you're talking about mm-hmm. this is i guess what i also love about cl is this communion of conversation like i think even just hearing you sophia just say 
that Father Giussani helps us to have a clear gaze on our present reality, I was like, yes, those are the words <laughs> that articulate my experience. And this is what always happens in School of Community. Yeah. Is we share our own experience and people like hear those words and the Holy Spirit is active and alive through the voices of one another. Mm-hmm. I have found that too. I... When I think about the fruits of living life in the movement, I, of course, can have examples from my own life. But really what I think about are the people that I've met who belong to the movement. I've met people whose lives attract me like nobody else. Mm -hmm. And they just have a way of being. They're in love with Christ, radically in love with Christ, enthusiastic, joyful, there is this an ability to take seriously the ultimate questions of life mm-hmm. and to engage with those questions and to journey towards an answer. When I have met these people and, and entered into a relationship with them, it has drawn me deeper into the life of the movement and it has attracted me further because living a relationship with Christ is not something that can be learned Mm-hmm. simply by, you know, reading what Father Giussani has to say, uh, for example. But it has to be learned by coming and seeing, um, as Jesus invites his apostles to do. And so I have met people in the movement that I want to come and see what makes their life look like this. Yeah. And what is the source of their joy and the source of this charism that they have? Because I want it too. I want to live that way. And I, I see that I totally lack it. I'm not even close. Just to add to to your reflections about what has what has kept you faithful and what the fruits are of, of living this method. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like your emphasis on ongoing relationship because everything that we're saying. I mean, I don't know about you, Adriana, but I need to learn this every single week because it's contrary to my instinctive way of approaching faith and approaching my reality. Like this is why. The proposal is a friendship and a friendship that meets on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. We need to be accompanied in this. And so I guess I would say for anyone who is curious about CL, what we've shared is just a invitation. It's not a comprehensive explanation of what the charism is. It would never suffice as a summary of the life of the movement. Uh, if anything, it's an invitation. So you can email us and we'll f- try to find you a community close to where you are. Yeah. Um, or you can email the national office if you mm-hmm. don't want to talk to us. <laughs> but I guess now would also be a good time to mention our media recommendation. Adriana, do you want to share that? Yes, I'm so excited about this. Communion and Liberation made Father Giussani's work, Generating Traces, which is a a book available on audiobook for free, and it's on the Communion Liberation website. We'll post it for sure in our show notes. I've listened to it multiple times, actually, because I I love generating traces. (laughs) And it's really beautiful, and it will help you get to know Father Giussani Mm -hmm. so well. Mm -hmm. I can only speak out of my own personal context, but for me, it's his most approachable entry text. I agree. I agree. Yeah, great call. I'm so glad you remembered this, especially I used to recommend uh, The Religious Sense, which is his most famous work. And yeah, amazing text that's so fruitful. But when I read Generating Traces, it immediately became what I started recommending to people who asked (laughs) what they should read by Giussani, because it is such a beautiful and powerful and prayerful introduction to His vision of Christianity as an event, an encounter, a love story with beauty incarnate. So I yeah, highly recommend it. It's amazing that the audiobook is available. Um, So we'll definitely link to that. 
Yeah, and just speaking of the CL website, you can find so many texts, Mm. so many... Personal stories. Yes, testimonies, traces. The magazine is available online Mm -hmm. in English and in print still in Italian, I think. Well... I feel like there's so much more we have to say. No. Like, I almost wish we hadn't done an episode on this because it's so it feels so cursory. But. I know. Literally, people have been <laughs> requesting this episode since we started the podcast, but we've resisted, I think, <laughs> kind of out of fear at the... But, you know, it's truly in the spirit of the movement to take a risk and do something absolutely absurd, like trying to summarize CL in 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> yeah. but I'm comforted by the fact that our first two seasons, you know, every topic that we cover insofar as we've been educated by the movement and by following Father Giussani, insofar as he is our spiritual father, the charism of CL is contained in those yeah. episodes. I mean, this is how a charism yeah. works. It's something that enlivens and animates the whole of your relationship with Christ. And so that's really comforting for me and also comforting the fact that I'm not a perfect spokesperson or representative of the movement. No one really is. And so there's a whole community, though, waiting to welcome you if you're interested in sharing life with them, as we've said, would be the best way to get to know it. So my question for you guys would be, in view perhaps of CL's emphasis on living the liturgical life of the church, whether that's through praying the liturgy of the hours and going to mass or just in awareness of the rhythm of the year, um, my question for you would be, how are you preparing for Christmas? What are you what are you going to be doing this season of Advent to live it well? And in what way is that something that manifests this vision of Christianity that we've been talking about, that we've received from from Father Giussani? I think for me, Advent is always a season to cultivate peace of heart mm. and to prepare for the coming of Christ in silence and in contemplation, um, really walking with Our Lady as she carried Jesus in her womb before the world even knew that he existed. And so I too try to cultivate the seeds of faith and to prepare and to await his coming so that I can enter more deeply into the mystery of the incarnation at Christmas. Mm -hmm. And every year this looks different for me, but I have found that taking Advent seriously and participating in the life of the church in this way, every year the experience of celebrating Christmas becomes more moving Mm. and more formative and more joyful as I can begin to grasp a little bit more the mystery of the fact that the word became flesh and and as we said, continues to. Yeah, so so I would say that's my focus. Yeah, I love that. I really love Advent. I think it's one of my favorite liturgical seasons. And I think some of that for me is it's like this preeminent woman season. It's mm-hmm. like the season of mm. pregnancy and awaiting birth and having had the great gift of being pregnant twice now. It always brings me back to another life inside of me. And then thinking of Christ being inside of Mary and how he chooses, the Holy Spirit chooses to dwell inside of me and inside of all of us. So I find it this really special time to intentionally ponder that mystery inside my heart like Mary Mm -hmm. I always do the same thing I've done for about five years now I read a book called The Art of Waiting by Mother Mary Francis and it has daily meditations I think we've all read it now (laughs) because of you you told Sophia and Sophia told me so 
And now, now we're telling all of our yeah. listeners everybody should do it. It's the most beautiful book. It's so beautiful. <laughs> yes, I get new nuggets from it every year. I've read it for five years. I love it. And I love Mother Mary Francis's special lens for waiting for Christ. She was a poor Claire, mm-hmm. the abbess of the poor Claire's. She helps me to just like live my life in this silent anticipation for Christ and like behold mm-hmm. the wonder of Christ being born again mm. at Christmas. And that for me is like what Advent is all about and how do I like prepare my heart and soul for that. And of course that involves disciplining myself, whether it's by fasting or these like other intentional spiritual disciplines so I can like better pay attention. And I think that's how I'd explain how Advent can take on like a bit of a Lenten quality. It's because you're like trying to get your person ready for like the Savior to be born. Mm-hmm. Yes, the King yeah. to come to us. Yes, I will be forever indebted to you for introducing me to that <laughs> book. And you're right. There's this sense of anticipation and awaiting that should characterize every single day of the liturgical year insofar as that is the structure of the Christian life is, you know, the final words of the Bible, come Lord Jesus. But we get to live it in such an intense way in Advent. It's so beautiful and such a source of energy for me in waking up every day to begin as if it was the first time this journey of waiting and to renew Mm -hmm. the purity of heart, as you were saying, and the Mm -hmm. detachment and But ultimately, the love, like what always haunts me throughout Advent is a line from the Eucharistic prayer that they use in Advent, which is that the Virgin Mother longed for him with a love beyond all telling. Yeah. The Virgin Mother longed for him with a love beyond all telling. Beyond all telling. Like it was so great that it cannot be articulated. That's how much she longed Mm -hmm. for Christ to come. And that was her posture before the incarnation in a certain sense. This is why she was full of grace. This is why God sent the angel to her because she was longing for the coming of a savior. And he preserved her from all sin so that she could be the one through whom this savior entered the world. Mm -hmm. And having witnessed in this season of life with Julian Frank and now baby Elena, the extraordinary and unparalleled intensity of the love of a mother for her newborn child. I think I have a new vision of this going into this new season of Advent a new still partial and so limited but intuition of how intense that love must have been that Mary had for Jesus and how daily that longing for him to come and for the whole world to recognize that he's king of the universe and so I am so excited for this season to begin so that I can make again this journey of learning that Christ is the answer to mm-hmm. all of the prophecies of the Old Testament, all of human needs from the fall until now, and all of the desires of my heart today. And that the miracle of mercy is that he answers it, that he mm-hmm. comes today, that mm-hmm. I can receive him in the Eucharist. I can experience him in the love of Julian Frank and you, Adriana. And I can then pray and and hope that at my death, he will come to me eternally. And so, man, what more do I need, right? To live each day, as we talked about on our Saints episode, mm-hmm. to live each day as myself, to really become myself. Um, so yeah, I'm really, <laughs> I'm really excited. And maybe I'll put an Advent playlist in the show notes too, because that's another component of the season that I really love is just listening to sacred music yeah. that prepares my heart for Christmas. Those are some great recommendations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you, Sophia. 
Let's talk about our next season. Yes. So we are still discerning, I would say, how and when to move forward with the next season of The Pilgrim Soul. So please do stay tuned. But we will move forward. Yeah, we will move forward. That's not in doubt, <laughs> to be clear. We're not, we're not <laughs> abandoning this, uh, this project. Um, so whether that's topic recommendations or requests or ideas, please do be in touch with us um, because this is something we want to be sharing with you. And so, of course, our plans will take shape in dialogue with yeah, what your desires are. And really take those seriously. I mean, today's episode's really just prompted on how many requests we've received to do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, it's true. In terms of timing, though, Julie, you've just you've just had a newborn and Adriana, you too, in the not so distant past, and I'll be moving back to the United Kingdom. So we've got a few things going on in the interim, but I think once life settles down, we'll start yeah. recording again. And I will be continuing to, of course, pray for both of you and all our listeners and keep you very much in my heart. Yes. And please pray for us and for this ministry and share it with people that you know and friends that might benefit from the charism of CL. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anything else before we close out? Well, I guess I would say it's just been such a gift to walk this journey with both of you and with all of you guys, our listeners. And I'm very grateful for it. It's been really an unexpected gift and a way that the Holy Spirit has worked in my life in the last year. So Mm -hmm. that's what I would close with. Amen. Okay. Well, that's all for season two. Join us again soon for season three of The Pilgrim Soul. Bye, everyone.